What is up, everybody? I hope you're doing well. Just a heads up, this week's episode is part two of a chat with Hannah M. Long. This was recorded live during day one of TBRCon 2023, so we split it into two parts. What you're about to hear is episode 38, where Hannah will be doing a mini masterclass on discovery writing. If you haven't heard episode 37, which is our interview with Hannah, I highly recommend you go check that out before jumping into this one as it's a really good window into understanding Hannah as a writer, plus she's just such a lovely person. So I highly recommend you go check that out. But for now, here we go with episode 38. Enjoy. What is up, everybody? You're listening to episode 38 of SFF Addicts. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and welcome to your weekly dive into the world of science fiction, fantasy, and writing craft. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, the Chewy to my Han Solo, the Joker to my Commander Shepard, MJ Kuhn. How's it going, MJ? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. And before we get started, the official SFF Addicts Patreon and merch store are now live, so check the links in the description to support what we do here. You can get access to Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes, author readings, and more, and purchase t-shirts, mugs, notebooks, and all kinds of cool swag. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app, and subscribe to the Fanfidic YouTube channel, where this and every other episode of the show is available in full video. And now... Joining us once again, Canadian treasure, author of the newly released Barrow of Winter, H.M. Long. How are you, Hannah? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> and uh, a heads up for anyone listening to the audio of this live stream. This is part two of a two-part chat with Hannah. So I recommend checking out part one to get to know her a bit more. Today, though, we'll be delving into a, a mini masterclass on discovery writing. So Hannah, can you explain to us as if we had no clue what the fuck it is? What is discovery writing? So discovery writing to me is sitting down with a blank page, you know, just starting with a character's voice and seeing what happens. Um, it's the most unpremeditated form of writing where you, you, you haven't done world building. You don't know the character's backstory. You don't really know what circumstances they're in. You just put them on the page and let them walk and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Oh my Love gosh. It. Well, and okay. So <laughs> I, I was going to try, you might remember, I was trying discovery writing for Nano a couple years ago and I was chatting with you because I was like, I don't know the magic system yet. Can I get started? I don't know this yet. Can I get started? And you were like, yeah, girl, just go. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, this is terrifying because I'm an aggressive plotter, but mm -hmm. why is discovery writing the particular approach you've adopted? And I know like, it's probably just like some, some of it just feels innate, but like, if you could put it into words, like what about it works for you? Um, okay, this is going to make me sound really bad, but I hate world building. <laughs> I hate it. I really do. Like I am the person where I pick up a really thick fantasy book and it gets into the world building and I skip it. Like, so for me, when I was coming into these books, I, I found I found it very limiting to sit back and, and break down on my world building ahead of time. I found that it made my stories sound far too prescriptive mm -hmm. and that the characters were not acting organically. They were following a framework that I had set out for them and their own characters and personalities were not driving the story. 
Yeah. Um, which I mean, sometimes it's fine. Like it just, it really depends on the type of story that you're trying to write, but I really, yeah. my goal is always to find a middle ground between plot and character driven books where I want the characters to be acting organically and supporting the plot and pushing it forward. Um, but the plot is also like very firm. So yeah, I found discovery writing was the easiest way for me to kind of find that niche and access it. Mm -hmm. Also, it keeps me more focused because I don't know what's going to happen next either. And I'm really excited to get to the end of the chapter and see that last sentence and that like, but we didn't know that blah, 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 you know, like <laughs> I, I'm excited too. Right. Um, so especially with hollow smoke, like it was like, you know, first person POV, you know, sort of Skyrim sort of thing. I'm moving around mm -hmm. in Hess's brain and all these things are happening and she's reacting and we're discovering things and unfolding all the, like the mysteries of the gods and everything. And I'm like, I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> like there's a twist around, you know, 75, 80% through Wit Hall of Smoke, where when it, it hit the page, I was just jaw on the floor. I did not know that that character <laughs> was the kind of person that they were, <laughs> you know? Oh my God, and I love that. For me, it was just super fun. And I think, that's what helps me write quickly. Mm -hmm. So when I'm writing on an outline, I do not write as quickly because I know what's going to happen and I'm not as excited to get there. So, yeah. Cause that touches on something that I was really curious about. Cause for me, I'm like MJ, I'm super, you know, plotter. I need to know stuff mm -hmm. before because yeah. it stresses me out when I don't know more, Yo, than, it, more than it <laughs> would the other way around. But for you, you know, you've touched on it a little bit in terms of your workflow. I'm really curious, like how, discovery discovery writing helps you in terms of you know you said it you 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 encounter all these surprises and stuff like that mm -hmm. and you tend to write faster but what are some other ways that it helps you with your workflow um yeah honest honestly it's just the way my brain works and i know that not everybody's brain works that way Mm -hmm. So yeah, sitting down, not knowing what's going to happen, it creates that that sense of excitement and anticipation. I also find, um, yeah, one of one of the reasons it helps me write faster as well is because I don't get shackled down with my expectation of where the story is going to go. And then if inspiration strikes or the character starts to deviate, I don't get frustrated because mm -hmm. I can like, oh, I can just change that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I find that really helpful. It gives me a lot more freedom. Uh, to move around and to change and delete and completely revise if necessary, mm -hmm. the entire core plot. Um, Cause I do, I do generally have a sense of plot. Like I'm not, when I'm talking about going in with really no idea what's going on, I usually have some very vague notion of where the story is going to end of at least the condition of the character mentally or emotionally at the end mm -hmm. of the book. Even if that's the only marker I have, then there's, there's always something there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's and, quite uh, answering your question. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> no, it totally um, is. Yeah. Because okay. for, for me, it's like, it, it also makes me curious about how you um, develop things like the world building and the character mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. It's like, you have this emotional sort of endpoint in mind for a character, for instance, uh, Alan V. Cheeseman in the, in the, in the live chat also asked at some point during the discovery writing, you would still need to world build. Right. So for me, it's like, I'm really curious how you through things like perhaps revision or just through mm -hmm. the act of discovery writing, you discover aspects of the world building that you think is amazing and you want to solidify that or how does all that stuff work? Um, it really is like it, as an example, like a character's walking into a new city, the world building happens in that moment mm -hmm. for me. 
So it, it just starts to unfold. What what type? How is the the street paved? Is it dirt? Is it cobbles? Is there a specific color of the dirt? How are the houses made? And then depending on what the houses are made of, then that's reflecting the type of landscape around the city, the parameters. Mm -hmm. Where is water? Where is all these things? What's the you know any um, uh, like any hills, any valleys, like all these things that come together to you know just start to create this world and then you meet a character of that city for the first time what do they act like what language are they speaking all that starts to just come together it's like it's kind of like a you know a bit of a, a dam getting a crack in it for me where mm -hmm. i just don't see anything and then suddenly there's a crack and there's water pouring through and it's it's <laughs> like i already knew what those things were going to be and it just kind of happens in that moment and it's it's very of course it's unrefined at that point Mm -hmm. And as I continue and head into revisions, that's when the real world building stuff is going to shine. One example is like on the very last pass for Hall of Smoke, my there was a note from my editor, like, Hannah, please tell us what kind of clothes people are wearing. <laughs> I still had yet to do that. Like I had very vague descriptions yeah. of things like that because though I don't see this is one thing for me is I don't see really see characters in my head. I don't have like a very firm concept of what anybody looks like. So that's often added in the, one of the later phases of editing. I try mm -hmm. to add it earlier now, um, but more naturally it comes later in editing where I'll be like, okay, they have black hair, they have this or that, because at the beginning I don't have any kind of yeah. So that's yeah, nice it's kind though, because like, you'll miss the like times when it's inconsistent later if you're just adding it at the end. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I just do that all back, the time. Okay, so and so is going yeah. to look like this, and then I go yeah. and like, add it all in. Um, I love that. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's like uncovering a treasure that I didn't know was there as I'm writing, mm -hmm. um, and then I do refine it as I go. And I'm I'm very much I should add this as well with discovery writing. I found for me it's impossible not to edit as I go, otherwise mm -hmm. the manuscript is incoherent. So if, if I find a world building aspect that I really like and I want to keep, I'll go back immediately and edit it in sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, if it's something foundational, something I really need to work in. Um, if I don't edit as I go, the manuscripts are absolutely useless. <laughs> so I was going to, because I was going to ask how messy they are from yeah. the beginning. Because anytime like first I tried discovery writing, I end up with like just 50,000 words of like, whoa what happened yeah. uh, and you know clearly it's not my process I'm I'm not a professional at this <laughs> but like so you do you go back and edit where you as you're moving um and you've so you've overcome that challenge but what are some of the other biggest challenges that you faced doing the discovery writing approach um probably figuring out plot twists so what I tend to do when I'm when I'm discovery writing is I will by, the, by about 80% through the book, I will have so many sub stories and so many side characters and so many pending plot twists that it's just a disaster. So what I then do is go in and start pulling out the threads that are the most valuable mm. and, and I'll try to merge them. So I'll merge threads, I'll pull threads out. I'll rarely fully delete something, but I might dim it down. Um, and it, so it makes kind of weaving those plot twists together a little bit more challenging. Uh, but again, that's just me. Um, now, nowadays I do work off outlines. So I do have this perspective of both worlds. Uh, my mm -hmm. outlines still are not as, I don't know about <laughs> yours, Adrian, but I do know Mallory. They are not as, as like mine, complex as Mallory's. <laughs> mine, are, mine are like probably halfway in between. MJ's a little bit over okay. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my <laughs> I discovery outline is my approach. Is yeah. Like, I, and I'm, I'd probably be more, more along the lines of that because yeah. I'll have like, 
um, what I'll work with with my editor before I start a book is I'll have uh, like a three part three parts of a novel and there will be 15 chapters each section and I'll have one or two sentences for each chapter and that's my outline and it's completely gone by the time I finish writing the book it's totally you know <laughs> not it's totally something different but that's I do have an outline to start with so right on and uh, Alan asks again sorry for mispronouncing your name it's Chessman not Cheeseman um he does not make cheese but he listens to SFF Addicts, and thank you so much for your support. Um, he brought up a point of uh, POV, like um, mm. third person or first person. I know Hollow Smoke is written in first person. Do you find mm. that choosing a specific POV goes a long way in helping your approach to something like discovery writing? Because you are talking internally through I mm. as opposed to he, she, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I actually find it very, very helpful. Um, times in the past where I have written third person, I actually wrote the manuscript in first person and then went back and find replaced everything and switched it out oh. of the POV because I find it way, way easier to write in first person mm -hmm. in order to connect and like experience the story with the character. Um, it's definitely a factor there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I am not starting now. I have uh, several projects coming up that will, one will be third person, multiple point of view. I know it's going mm -hmm. to be super challenging for me. <laughs> um, I just really find it hard to connect to characters on that level. Totally. But that one also is going to be more structured. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. But at the very least, it's like your uh, discovery writing approach from the mm -hmm. sounds of it is flexible. Yes. Um, which I think is yeah. really important. It's like each project, mm -hmm. MG and I have talked about this a lot in terms of projects sort of dictating their necessities in mm -hmm. terms of the approach, in terms of how much you outline versus how much you discovery write, that kind of thing. So for you, um, is that something you determine more or less at the beginning or just like in that internal push at the beginning of a new book and figuring out like, fuck, what I was doing before does not work here. <laughs> that one. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much, I, I'm also like that. I'm yeah really passionate about that, how every project is going to probably need different things because you're, you are a growing, changing person. Life mm -hmm. is very unpredictable. Circumstances are always changing your availability, your like time-wise, your mental availability, your emotional availability, everything is going to change book to book probably. So being flexible and understanding yourself. One, one of the things that I've, I've done, um, very intentionally was to sit and time myself at different, uh, you know, different times of day, different circumstances mm. to see how fast I wrote under different circumstances, um, which I found was really helpful for my productivity because I was able to really niche myself. There's no point mm -hmm. in me writing outside of between 830 to 1130 per day. There's just no point. Wow. What I'm going to write in the afternoon is probably going to get deleted 90% of the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I learned that through just studying the way I work. So that was really helpful for me now with like, I've written like 17, 18 books. So now when I start one and I start to get a sense of this isn't working, mm -hmm. I, you know, like this, this factor in my life is probably complicating things. I need to maybe take a couple days off. Like I can really quickly adjust and like sit back and do world building, which I do sometimes do, um, <laughs> or just, you know, sit and think about the character a bit more or just start to open up the what ifs, um, mm -hmm. and find another, uh, avenue for the story to take. That's very cool because it's, it's like you've quantified your writing process in a certain way, but to be more, more productive for yourself in the way that you know yourself. But I was also curious which kinds of writers, you know, thinking externally and, and 
generalizing a little bit, but which kind of writers do you think might benefit from trying discovery writing? And conversely, who do you think might be turned off by it? Um, people who really, really like control are probably, I, I feel like are going to more want to do uh, something with more structure. Um, people like me who really have, I have a lot of trouble with absolutes. <laughs> uh, just in, in general, I have trouble with absolutes. I have trouble mm-hmm. with people being very black and white. Um, so I tend to lean towards like, no, I need to have flexibility. I need to have this door open. I need to, you know, things like that. Um, I don't, yeah. Other, other than that, I'm not entirely sure that I could really, you know, point out specific personality types or something that would uh, benefit from discovery writing. But I think overall, every single writer needs to find their own method of working. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, you know, we can take prescriptive writing advice. We can try to make it work for us. And I think we should test things out for sure. Like look at other people's methods, look at what other people have succeeded with and mm-hmm. take that into account when we're developing our own process. But what it really comes down to is who are you? What are your needs? What is your availability? And what does your book require? And whatever anyone else does really just does not matter. And people who try to prescribe and tell people like, don't edit as you go and don't do this and don't do that are really just, I have very harsh words for them. Um, and it's just showing that they're very ignorant <laughs> and every human being is different and has different needs and a different process. And in everything as writers, as we're growing and maturing and learning, I think our goal should always be to find the best and happiest and most joyful way that we can pursue our own work. Yeah. Love it. That was rant. <laughs> I beautiful. love that. No, it is a beautiful rant. And it is, I mean, it's so true. I, I always say don't trust anyone that gives like prescriptive writing advice because like, yeah. you know, okay, that worked for them. That's fantastic. It's not necessarily going to work for everyone. Yeah. Um, but so if there's an author that you're talking to, not at all talking about myself here, <clears throat> but that was going to try discovery <laughs> writing, <laughs> what advice would you give them? Just out of curiosity. No, but like, you know, if you were going to say, oh, here's what you should maybe try if you're just mm-hmm. starting out. What's the like cool. basic advice? I would I would identify the baseline for what you need to begin to interact with a story. So for me, my baseline, when I know that I'm ready to start drafting, is I have an opening scene. I have a sense of who the character is and what their motives might be. Mm-hmm. And I have a sense of the world. So for Hall of Smoke, for example, I started with, I have a character kneeling in a field of poppies on the side of a mountain. She's a priestess. She's done something wrong. And the world kind of feels like vikings that's it that's all i had and that's where i started so for me that's my baseline that's all i need to launch and i think for different people you're going to have a different baseline um some people might just want a totally blank page some people Mm -hmm. might want a little more structure but i think like aspects of discovery writing can be applied to all different comfort levels of um you know, outliners or non-outliners and things like that. Um, I think it's more just a mentality of freedom, of being willing to break out of a um, out of expectations, even the expectations you've just set for yourself, mm-hmm. and being willing to let the the characters and the world organically push the story in certain directions and just try it out and see what happens and be willing to delete and be willing to go back and be willing to restructure if necessary. But just that, that open-mindedness when you're looking at the world and letting it breathe on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when it comes to like the book that I'm writing right now, some of the best chapters that I've written are the ones that happened 
completely spontaneously where I'm like, this is what happened where this character (laughs) came from. And then I'm just trying to think Mm -hmm. like through what's going to happen to them next. And it's like, I have a rough outline in my head and like an outline on my computer as well. But then sometimes I'm just like, fuck it, let's try it out. And then trying that out, something completely amazing happens. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going with that. Like, I don't give a shit what I wrote before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Way better than what past me came up with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my friend Patricia Jackson kind of equates these different phases of writing to to um, forms of art in terms of like mm-hmm. your first draft is a watercolor. So let, so let that shit just like spread out and just kind of like <laughs> merge the colors yeah. together because it is not definite in terms of um, its state. And then the further you go along, it's like you're getting closer and closer to something a little bit more solidified like oil or mm-hmm. what have you. So I think it's like just have that flexibility there and you know, give yourself the freedom, like you say, to mm-hmm. write and try something out. If it doesn't work, delete it. If it is really cool, keep it and refine yeah. it and make it even better. And one um, I should mention with my discovery writing recently in the last three books that I've written, I've also began to write nonlinear, which seems like it's going to be absolute chaos if you're mm-hmm. discovery writing. Um, <laughs> but what I would do is I would have this loose kind of structure that I'd worked with with my editor um which he knows that I'm gonna go completely off of mm-hmm. and then I would go in and I would just write the scenes I wanted to write completely chaos all over the like different parts of the manuscript this is where I became a huge Scrivener fan because I could just go in and like start just popping stuff in mm-hmm. um and I found that was really like just especially for those inspiration moments and then I didn't end up with any parts of the book that I didn't like because I had only written what I wanted to that day, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it, there was, you know, very little slack. And and then you just kind of have to piece it together based on like your sense of what fits in the right place and how does this work yeah. in terms of pacing and all that. But yeah, well, actually the pacing for Darkwater Daughter, I completely, I wrote completely nonlinear. Mm-hmm. It was total like jumbled together. Um, and the pacing remained like 95% intact from the first draft. Wow. Very little moved around. I had to add a couple chapters here and there, like things needed Mm -hmm. to be expanded on or something like that. Um, But it it stayed the way it was. So, yeah. Well, that is impressive. It's fun. It's just fun. Like if if we're not having fun doing like what with what we're writing with, there's just Mm -hmm. literally no point. Publishing is too hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's like publishing is too hard, let alone the writing aspect. So it's like, don't put yourself over the head. Yeah. When you spend so much time with a book, you know, why would you want to spend all your time with a book if you're not enjoying it? That's exactly fantastic advice. I love that. (laughs) All right. Well, we will wrap things up there for our live episode of SFF Addicts. That's it for our two-parter with Hannah. We really appreciate you coming to hang out with us and kicking off the convention as well. So uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in live. Uh, Hannah, thank you for showing us the wonders of discovery writing with this masterclass. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, You can find me on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, everywhere. Um, My website is www.hmlongbooks. And my handle on most of these platforms is at hmlongbooks. Um, And I'm there. I'm there all the time. (laughs) And Barrow Winter is out now. And uh, at least in the UK, and it's coming out soon in the US. And then yes. Dark Water Daughter's out on July it's very 11th. Pretty. Look at that shiny new cover. I'm obsessed. smoke. <laughs> and Temple. They yeah. seem pretty. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Awesome. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much for having me. 
It was an absolute pleasure, Hannah. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. Uh, you can also follow SFF Addicts on Twitter or Instagram at SFF Addicts Pod. And you can follow me at Adrian M. Gibson. And you can follow MJ at MJ Kuhn Books. Now, keep reading, keep imagining, and we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts. <laughs>